this is Ellie Rashid and Hattie Winter from On Repeat the Podcast here to give you your weekly music chat fix. Indeed we are and this week we talk bossa nova which is I think a genre we've never really discussed so it's very exciting and we are speaking to the very dreamy Nadine Assam who is from Naya Sounds. Yes, so Naya are basically a four-piece band based in South London and having been hailed by Triple J as one of the most beautiful blends of jazz, funk and soul. And whilst they maintain their roots in jazz, Naya continue to breathe a fresh air into the genre through their Latin fusion sound. Their live performances draw in crowds from the streets, captivate your soul and will have you dancing into the night. I'm so excited to see them live when getting are back. With members hailing from every corner of the world, their unique sound carries influences from places such as the Middle East, South America and Portugal. It was really lovely talking about how Nadine kind of writes abroad. It was such a nice sort of image to paint, I think, whilst we're all stuck inside. Yeah, really wholesome. And I think we talk about authenticity quite a lot. And actually, it's worth mentioning her virtual jam sessions, which are every Sunday. Mm-hmm. So... I think uh, as, you know, as we can start to see a little bit of light towards the end of the tunnel as well with this pandemic situation, we discuss the possibility of returning to the Roaring Twenties and uh, maybe a newfound thirst for live performances and iconic outfits. I really love Nadine's philosophy and outlook on life. Also, the way she kind of embraces life and doesn't take her herself too seriously. She can always see the silly side of things and she's got this real nice sense of happiness which feels quite infectious what it it did during this interview i mean what a terrible word to use in a pandemic but it was very infectious (laughs) i mean she's also left us with some lovely like infectious music because she's got some great listening recommendations so definitely stay tuned for that and remember you can keep up to date with nadine and naya sounds uh, via instagram which is at naya underscore sounds naya spelt n-a-i-a I think we're ready for this podcast now. Sit back and relax with On Repeat and Maya Sounds. Well, Nadine, it's so lovely to have you on today. So you, you are speaking on behalf of your band. Do you want to tell us a little bit about you and your band and how it formed? Yeah, so um, so my name is Nadine, <laughs> as was just said, and I am the singer slash co-founder of a band called Naya. Um, it's made up of me uh, singing and Lumai on the bass and Charlie Jackson on guitar and Ryan on the drums. And we are kind of like a... We don't have a name for our genre. It's like Latin, jazz, soul, fusion, sometimes a little bit of rock, sometimes a little bit of everything else. It's kind of just an amalgamation. We tried to fit as many types of music into one, like, song as we can. (laughs) What we like. I love that. I love that challenge. It's so good. Yeah. Um, But yeah, we started, I can't even, maybe two years ago. Um, We all met at uni and since then it's been awesome been just well kind of awesome covid kind of ruined the awesome a little bit (laughs) Uh, but you know releasing music and writing and just doing what we can it it feels good to kind of be making something out of 
nothing it's nice yeah mm. yeah, yeah for sure I can imagine um you met did you all meet at Royal Holloway yeah so um me and Lumai the bassist we um we're together and we were talking one day like early in our relationship because we're both musicians and we were like mm. you know what we really like the same music like why don't we start a band and we thought that ah oh, we'd just like kind of rehearse every week and then we we talked to the other boys and we realized ah oh, this could actually we started writing some music and we went to Portugal and we wrote some music on the beach and we were like this is actually quite good um <laughs> and then we just slowly started like doing more gigs and got a chance to record and um and stuff like that which is really great that's so oh, lovely that's it, it feels like you two when I see you at least on social media you have great chemistry between <laughs> you as performers which I wonder if in bands can other people really get that kind of chemistry I mean maybe it is because you two are together and you co-write together do you yeah, so we write yeah. most of the music um, together. And weirdly, the way that we kind of like got together was during like a performance. Well, not during a performance, oh, really? but like, like <laughs> from a performance that we did together because it was just like gets a bit cheesy at this point. But like, <laughs> no, I love uh, the cheese. Carry on. Because <laughs> like, okay, I'll, I'll tell you a little uh, romantic story. Um, so <laughs> we were at my final like year jazz recital. And Lumai was playing bass. And at one point, I was about to do this, like, bossa song. And I turned and I... I don't know why, but I got so scared. I'd been doing, like, half an hour of this recital already. And suddenly, just, like, a wave of nerves, like, took over. Mm. And I just turned to Lumai and I was like, ah. And he just, like, like held my eye contact for, like, 20 minutes. Not 20 minutes, 20 seconds. Um, <laughs> that would be a really bad recital. No, 20 seconds. Um, uh, 20 seconds. And like, I totally calmed me down. I don't even know how. It was oh weird. And then after that, I was like, hmm, it's quite, it's quite cool. Maybe I should talk to him a bit more. <laughs> That's such a sweet story. So he was playing in the big band, was he? Yeah. Yeah. So we were all playing. Our uni wasn't very good for jazz, like. But um, we were, we, there wasn't many opportunities to like do gigs, but we had a really lovely big band and um, and stuff. So we all kind of met through that. Yeah, I think I know a few people who, uh, obviously, apart from you, who did sing in that big band, I think. And yeah. Nigel-esque people as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's really, it's really sweet because I remember speaking to you and you saying that you were getting into teaching as well, like starting your music career um, thinking about starting a band, looking where to go. And yeah, it seems like uh, you found what was kind of in front of you. Mm. <laughs> Which yeah. is really, really sweet. And um, I really love that you lot do Bossa Nova. I think this is like one of the massive things. We've never interviewed any any Ooh. bands that do Bossa Nova. Amazing. Yeah. And um, when you write Bossa Nova stuff, um, do you tend to write in English? Um, so our first bossa song, we actually wrote when we were in Portugal and Lumai's family are Portuguese. Mm. So um, his dad and everybody, they speak fluent Portuguese. And um, it just felt like right to write the song in Portuguese because it was about Portugal and bossa nova is originally in Portuguese. And um, so we wrote it in Portuguese using asking his family for help, you know, <laughs> Um and since then, we just, I, would, I love singing in different languages. And I really love 
the idea of um like staying true to the music's originality mm. so like like uh, i can't think of the right word but um authentic yeah authentic like give like, like having that authenticity and it's like respect to the origins of the music and um i love singing in different languages it's really yeah. fun how many languages do you speak um i speak arabic and english fluently and um but i sing in portuguese and spanish as well i can't sing in french i wish i could it's just too difficult when you were studying mm. um did you study music mm-hmm. and did your did your teacher help you to kind of like like guide you to sing bossa nova stuff and things in your certain languages yeah my teacher was beautiful she was i've had two amazing jazz teachers in my life i had um uh irene Serra. she's at uni she was an italian she was she is an italian um singer who lives in london who is a jazz singer and she's absolutely incredible and she taught me how to sing in italian and brazilian portuguese and um she actually taught me how to pronounce things properly which was i'd never been taught before And before that, I had Lily Weir, who also encouraged me to, like, stay true to myself. And, like, she encouraged me to do Arabic singing as well, which I haven't done successfully yet, but I'm going to keep trying. goes back to what you were saying earlier on about nerves with your very romantic story and your partner do you do you still get nervous now I know it's probably been a while since you've performed live but do you get nervous maybe even in like the songwriting part and how do you get over that (laughs) I used to get really nervous performing and um and my cheeks used to shake and I used to this is when I was much younger and I kind of conquered that through like um doing mindfulness and closing my eyes (laughs) Honestly, works wonders. Um, and now I actually feel really comfortable performing. And when I get on stage and actually start singing, I'm totally fine. But I get, I'm also, I also organize all of the gigs and all of the events that we do. Um, just because I, 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 that's my role. <laughs> um, so I organize all like the, the sorting out the gigs and sorting out the events and the invites and the, the setup of the night. And that's what I'm nervous about. That's the mm. bit that is like, oh my God, is it going to go okay? So I kind of don't feel right until I get on stage and start seeing. Then it's like, okay, everything's fine. Just enjoy it. And then yeah. I can relax, you know? Yeah, gosh. Yeah, that part of it is like such a... It's so stressful, isn't it? And yeah. it's kind of like when you it's like when you organise a party and you're like, what if no one comes? Yeah, <laughs> like, it feels what, exactly if, like Yeah. That. Or you're like, what if I've actually just forgotten to... I always worry that I've actually just forgotten to tell people. I've like organised <laughs> everything else. It's kind of like, I don't know, maybe I've got the food and I've got the drinks, but I'm like, oh crap, I haven't actually invited anyone. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. feel like that. I always like second guess if I've like put the right time. I'm like, oh my God, what if I've said that it's tomorrow? <laughs> I think facilitating those kind of events plus singing at them and Mm. maybe even having your own music. (laughs) Yeah. That's quite a lot, isn't it? Yeah. It it is a lot. Just relax. I don't. (laughs) When I get to the singing bit, is the best. It it kind of makes it even more of a like a euphoric feeling because you get to it and you're like, ah. This is this is okay. Like you can chill out. And that's the reason that you do it all, because I love 
singing so much and I love playing with the boys and it's like the best feeling ever. Um, yeah. So when you get to it, it kind of like heightens that feeling because yeah. of all the stress before. Mm. But, you uh, seem you seem like um, somebody who is so kind of connected to their core like in that way because, the, I mean, it goes without saying that if you know what it's like to play in a band or even be part of a team it gives you this real sense of collectiveness and I guess that's why people join football teams together or support football teams or join choirs you know it's a it's a real great sense of togetherness mm. and being able to tap into that I think you have to sort of be able to safely let a little bit of yourself go yeah. and be connected you know do you find that your yoga and mindfulness um and just your general, you, you, I mean, you you are into just sort of <laughs> lovely, lovely things, aren't you? Like just, yeah. just calm. Like, do you think it it helps you to sort of be very connected and be able to just throw yourself into your performance? Yeah, I think so. Um, I'm naturally like a really, really. I have way too much energy for like just sitting. And so I adopted all of these things like yoga and making macrame and like random arts and crafts because I just have to be doing stuff with my hands. Um, and like having that, like practicing that kind of like focus where you just turn your mind off and like focus on one thing. Mm. It, um, it helps that when you, it helps you when you're doing things like music to just turn your mind off and like you don't distract. It's, it's like a form of mindfulness. You just fully create like... You fully become present in what you're doing. Um, so I think it definitely helps. I think it's different for every person. Um, but I really think that it's important to remember when you're performing to to just remember that you're performing. Because it's really, it's really tough these days. Everything is uh, like self-promotion and every, mm. everyone is thinking... And it's not about... Like, it's not a reflection on people... Like, it's not a bad thing because it's just the way that life is now. You're constantly like, I should be filming this to put on Instagram mm. or TikTok or I have to be putting this in my story or I have to be promoting myself in some way. And it's so tough. I definitely have gotten lost in that, trying to make it look perfect. Mm. But you have to remember, like, why? Why am I trying to... Why am I even trying to get recognised somewhere? Why, why are you trying to put this stuff out there? It's because you love it. And you have to remember that the only the only way to like stay true to yourself is like to always do things through the love of what you do. I totally agree with like the sort of meditative state of of things like macrame. I do a lot of like crochet knitting, and it is the same thing of like not looking at a screen for yeah. however long and not really having to think about anything else other than the thing in front of you. Yeah, is such a it's like a bit of a privilege really to be yeah. able to have that. Definitely. Just being in the moment as well, like you said, with your performances, mm. um, I think that's something that so many people can really learn from, especially yeah. when you say how it feels so competitive with everybody mm -hmm. trying to make things perfect all the time. And we've been talking about it yeah. in relation to TikTok, which you also mentioned. Yeah. And just those kind of like purposefully uh, low quality videos that clearly take a lot of time that clearly people have been <laughs> editing in like separate programs thinking about to, yeah for that it's TikTok crazy. aesthetic you know like the, a lot of perfection and um it goes in goes into things and you're right I like you see people filming everything and I'm guilty of it as yeah, well yeah same filming, I do 
pointless yeah. stuff that I'm never going to look at on my phone. I know. Um, do you find uh, when you're performing, do you ever see people just sort of using their phone mindlessly? Yeah, definitely. But I mean, now when I think about performing with like a crowd, I'm like, oh, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> so I can't really remember any of the bad things. Um, but yeah, you definitely see the worst thing is when people are just looking at their phone like down and like texting um mm. when you're performing you're like what are you doing get off your phone mm. um yeah but yeah phones are crazy it's weird because tiktok is like i only just got it the other day i never uh, oh my god I, i'm I, obsessed I, I never looked at <laughs> it um and i thought maybe this is a good idea for for the band so i made one and um it is so good for the fact that you can like partner with all these musicians and like create constantly and share all these amazing things that like it's so it's there's like insanely amount of things that are on TikTok there's like everything has a thing and musicians yeah. can just create things with other people and compose and it's awesome but also it's like whoa there's too much there's no like filter anymore people are just putting everything online yeah. like it's, um, um... It's just the whole process is like online now. The songwriting process, the the making it, the release, yeah. the song itself. It's just everything is, you know. But yeah, I think that's what I find a little bit intimidating um, by it. I'm actually maybe surprisingly, I don't know, like one of the last people in my sort of group of friends to jump on board with mm. all of these things like I was quite late to the game with Instagram I still haven't got Twitter yeah um I don't have TikTok just because it, it does feel like information overload yeah to me and like I can't I mean when you're in it it's easier to navigate your way I think when mm -hmm. you're actually in it like you say you downloaded it and you can see what's good about it you can see how the processes work but yeah definitely as someone like kind of looking at all of it and seeing a lot of my pupils on it I'm just like, wow, <laughs> so yeah. much of it. And the music industry already kind of feels like that. But, you know, yeah. never say never. Like, I'm not, you know, I'm not anti any of that stuff. I think it's so interesting, especially yeah. how it's sort of dictated what popular music is and yeah. how, like, it's dictating how songwriting is starting to look. I find I it fascinating. How, I was going to say, how old are the children, or not children, the young people that you teach? Let's say teenagers. Um, mm. I I teach secondary school kids, so like eleven, up? eleven to eighteen, yeah. eleven to what, eighteen. What do they yeah. listen to? Do you get influenced by them? Is there anything you're like, okay, you need to stop listening to Honestly. music on your phone, but you need to also tell me who that is? <laughs> I I have tried. Like, I make a point to try to find out who everybody listens to because I th I feel like it tells me a little bit about who they are. And I'm like to my little year sevens. I'm like, who are you guys listening to? They're like, I like TikTok. <laughs> And I'm like, what is, what is, what is TikTok yeah. music? Um, and also the, a really funny thing that I'm only 23. I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm young. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and, I, um, and I asked one of my year sevens the other day, I was like, what do you listen to? And she's like, oh, I like really old music. And I was like, oh, cool. What do you like? She's like, you know, like, I, li I like pop music from like 2014. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Once me and my boyfriend were driving in the car and we were like, it was just like the chat, like the number one, like the top 40 was on. And every song we were like, I don't, I don't know who this is. Everyone's got, everyone's got <laughs> punctuation in their name or there's no consonant, there's no vowels. <laughs> like, I was like, I thought, I thought I was quite with it with like young music. So I was like, I have no idea yeah. any of this. I, just, I, I feel so old. I feel so old. 
Back to your kind of like authentic self <laughs> and uh, your your gigs. Um, thinking about, you know, obviously we can't really gig at the moment. I don't know if you've put on any any gigs um, because you're kind of close to your band yeah. at the moment. But if you were to have your your kind of dream gig, um, and I know that there's a lot of dreamy videos yeah. of you uh, <laughs> in your band, but would you kind of want it to be? a meditative like space where um, there were no phones and and it was just very in the moment I went uh yeah one of my actual favorite moments ever was our um we had like an EP launch last year at Mau Mau Bar in Notting Hill it's closed down now sadly it's a beautiful it was a beautiful venue and it was where Jazz Refresh did all of their like jazz oh, jams yeah. and stuff they were so cool What's and we it called, sorry? it was called mau mau bar it was so cool um and sadly it's gone but we had our ep launch and that was it was everybody was dancing and like we had like a massive jam and people were coming on stage with instruments and joining in with our songs and songs that i've written um and everybody knew the words to our single like random people oh. and it and it felt like one of those like dreamy moments where you're just like oh my god how, what is happening and I remember smiling so much that my face was hurting me and I was like I don't think I can I, was like, I don't think I can stop smiling now um, <laughs> um but yeah that was definitely a dream moment so I guess a dream gig would just be something like that where everybody's Please. just happy and dancing and singing and with each other and able to hug and oh, yeah. I, musicians <laughs> coming on stage and playing with us and Maybe you're on a beach, if I can just add it, if it's a dream, you know. Yeah. Maybe just Why not? add in. There's no, there's no um, obstacles to this dream, to this yeah. fantasy. So okay. Add everyone is vaccinated, it's fine. Have the waves <laughs> in the background, that's my dream. Um, but yeah, we've been, we've been okay. We've been running these like every week we have like a Sunday sessions. Um, yeah. Been we've been doing like gigs. Me and Luma have been hosting them and then the other boys from where they are. And we get like guest musicians to come and like, go live with us um obviously it's not the same um but it's quite nice because you get to play to people um Mm. and it kind of feels like you're connecting and doing what you're supposed to be doing like it feels like you're being a musician if that makes sense yeah Um, I guess it's just a a modern way of performing yeah there isn't you you can't do anything else so exactly making the best of a of a bad situation and yeah I've seen you've got loads of like different artists and people coming in every week yeah do you have any like highlights of of doing that um I had my my little sister she is also like a singer singer songwriter and she came and was a guest star like a couple of weeks ago and that was lovely because um it was nice she's my favorite person to like not that we could harmonize because it was live but she's my (laughs) favorite person to sing with um Awesome. And like it was just, it was just lovely to have her. Um, have there been any challenges to, to doing it online? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's horrible when you finish a song and you like nothing happens, and you kind of just have to be like, ah, oh, haha, that was fun. <laughs> you don't hear like any like applause. You don't see any see anyone smiling or anything like that. Um, which is obviously really it's weird. It's kind of like when you mm. teach online. I don't know if you either of you teach online. Mm. 
and I'm, I have to teach like whole classes at school. And I'm like, does anybody understand? And it's just like tumbleweed. Um, so it's a bit like that, but it's, it's better than nothing. So you have to keep remembering it's better than nothing. Mm. It's yeah. interesting that point about challenges as well when it comes to doing things online, because as an artist, as a music artist, and also as a teacher, which mm -hmm. you are, um, the line between artist um, and entertainer mm. becomes really blurred with all of this online stuff. Yeah. How can we differentiate between like doing something that is completely the same as what's on TV on like Milkshake or CBBC? Mm. Like if we're just being like, hello everyone, today we're going to make a sandcastle. I don't know. <laughs> and you know, you need to try and, but you're right, not having the audience there, not having people there to kind of, react to what you're doing yeah it's really really tough so you found it with teaching and performing have you and how have you found any ways to kind of make it interactive yeah or try and connect with your audiences more definitely the what you were th saying about being an entertainer it totally feels like that I am not naturally a very good speaker um not on gigs. I never, I never liked it. I would always just turn to Luma and be like, hey, take the mic and say something funny. Because <laughs> I would just, I would just come out with some stupid, like, honestly, stupid jokes. I just kind of freeze and I'm like, okay, what kind of dad jokes yeah. can I think of to make the yeah. audience laugh? Yeah. And then when the boys look at me like, what are you doing? Stop talking. Um, yeah. So <laughs> pre-COVID, I'm not, I don't really, I prefer to sing. Um, yeah. uh, so you kind of have to like, like make yourself into like an entertainer and mm. you have to try to see it as not being an entertainer because um you have to make space for them to reply like thankfully they can comment and reply so you what I've found is what we've found is making space like saying what is there any requests and how is everybody doing mm. and it's so important at the moment to check on people and mm. some people might not have a chance all day to to tell someone how they're feeling um mm. or even to just to talk to somebody else. Um, yeah. So it's kind of good to like have that space where you're like inviting people, like say, how are you doing? And like reply and like talk. And this is a safe space for you guys to, to speak and enjoy some music and request some if you want, because we like requests. Mm. That's brilliant that you're creating that space as well, because I think it's something that seems so obvious. I'm in a few vocal group and composing group stuff at the moment over Zoom. Oh, and it's one of those things where everyone's checking in with each other. And mm -hmm. in my head, I'm like, oh, I don't need to join this bit because, you know, I don't need that bit. Yeah. But actually, when you do it, you realise how important it is because all of these mood swings that we've all been feeling, all of the roller coasters, mm -hmm. we're all experiencing it. Mm -hmm. And it's so normal. And just to check in with each other, like you said, is so important. So I think it's great that you're facilitating um, such a lovely space with music for mm. that. That's like a real, like that's really like warmed my heart. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, yeah, I really love that. We'll and they're happening every Sunday, right? Yeah, every Sunday. We've been doing it since New Year's Day. I just kind of woke up slightly hungover, like I kind of want to sing. <laughs> so, we, <laughs> so we just like we're like, oh, we're gonna go live tonight. Um, see you there. And then, so, <laughs> then we're like, oh, that was fun. Let's do it every week. We're writing so much at the moment. So we kind of use these gigs as like a, hey, does anybody like this song? And testing yeah. them out um, mm. to like just the, 
the people that are there, um, which has been really yeah. lovely. And it's and it's been really nice to have the other boys who um, are hosting them on their own, it's like from week to week. So Charlie, our guitarist, he hosted it and he just did this beautiful like guitar gig where he looped and he did some solos and he did some he did some of our originals and then did some other stuff and it was insanely amazing. And then we had our drummer who actually just played piano and um, did like a jazz jam with some of his friends. And it's just so nice to like see every, get like a little personal bit of each person um, that's not like connected to the band, but still is, if that makes sense. It's like mm, everybody yeah. giving a little bit of themselves. <laughs> yeah, I think actually that's a good point that um, it's kind of like a unofficial feedback session, which I guess yeah. you have all missed out on. In real life, because I was thinking about what you're saying with jokes, and I was like, it's kind of like how comedians yeah. do like a kind of I can't think what it's called when they do like their kind of test stuff. Yeah, it's like yeah, does this yeah. land? Does this not land? And you must miss out on writing songs. Being like, does this song work? Do people yeah. dance? Do people react how we how we want? So it's, it must be quite nice to have that and to get yeah. like real life feedback quickly. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I I agree with what you're saying about like the kind of almost obligation as a singer to try and entertain oh god when it's a completely different skill and you're just there like oh my goodness like i think we're talking to harrison about this um in our talk show episode Mm -hmm. and he i think he's one of those performers who just kind of like doesn't like to sort of introduce the next song Mm. but just sort of go goes on and does his thing he really has his ways and he's a really really great like yeah great showman I guess <laughs> but um yeah it's so different for for jazz isn't it like it's yeah or, or like something of jazz origins or like you know bossa nova when I think it's quite common I, I see more more singers kind of turn to other band members to front it which I think is quite refreshing yeah mm-hmm. I definitely do it, I, it, I, in a weird way yeah and it, it means that you can kind of like retain your like some of your artistry as well because yeah. a lot of the things that you're singing about or the way that you're singing can be quite kind of cool yeah and, uh, you know then you start like hey everyone like it kind of breaks that doesn't it sometimes. yeah definitely I'm not I'm not like a very good example of being cool I have to say um but <laughs> I, I am I'm queen of TikTok like now <laughs> oh god still don't know how to use it um uh, but um yeah, definitely. I just turned to somebody else. I'm I mean I I'm I'm not like scared of it. I was just I'm not very good at it. Um yeah. and as a singer you're kind of like you're right, you're expected to. Um and and if there's like someone a front, like front person of the band um who is kind of like not personable and doesn't say anything and just stands mm. there then then people come away from the gig and they're like what was that about? It was good, but it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't very. But it was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you have so to. True. You just have to learn how to do it. Um, it's crazy. Yeah. Just drawing back to um, what we were talking about with your kind of. Uh, I guess your jazz music singing education side of it how important do you think it is to really get to know the jazz songbook before kind of doing anything maybe even remotely ooh, remotely popular music yeah. based but I'm thinking because you do the sort of fusion of all things jazz sort of yeah. you've got neo soul bossa nova 
jazz, all those things. How, yeah, how important was it for you to kind of know a lot of the songbook and how important would you say it is for other people to learn it? I definitely think it's so important to learn as much, not just the jazz songbook, but like as much music as you can. I was um, like, I, I learned quite a lot of jazz standards and I was like taught to like analyze them and go into like the harmony. And um, that's what I kind of like, that's how I learned. But I also learned through like the reason that I, I'm, I feel comfortable singing Latin and Spanish traditional songs and like bossa nova traditional songs is that I, I listened to that kind of music from when I was a kid and um, mm. like Cuban music and um, old Spanish songs like Lagrimas Negras and stuff and that's how I like that's how it got ingrained into me and studying the like the origins of what you want to create is kind of um, it's just like respectful I would love to create like salsa jazz and like Latin jazz and so I mm. I have to know where it came from and like actually study what they're singing about and so I mm. I like read a lot about Cuban like resistance music and um, bossa nova and and things like that and fado in Portuguese and and um and everybody in the band has also done that everyone has their like little world of study like Luma is like insanely he knows he knows like almost every song and um and the jazz book and like lots of classical music as well and neo soul and charlie is just like a guitar god and knows everything um also the whole jazz songbook and ryan is the same with both piano and drums and it is really important to study where your music comes from um mm. because like obviously everything like study study as much as you can i, I mean i am a teacher but honestly <laughs> try to learn as much music as you can because it doesn't mean that you will end up making that music. It just means that you know where that music came from. Um, mm. And you can like incorporate, if you have more information in your brain, you can incorporate it into your own writing um, and your own performance. And yeah. yeah, it is really, it's really important and also just really fun. So I just <laughs> totally I recommend it to everybody. A, a very good teacher message of <laughs> the fun of learning. I was going to say... <laughs> It's that element of like, if you don't know where your music's been or like, if you don't know where something's come from, you don't really know where you're going. Yeah. Um, did you have a very musical family? Because it's quite, I wouldn't say that the sort of listening to like Cuban music is like particularly like, I don't know, mainstream. It's mainstream in some ways, but it's not like, oh, it's on the radio, on BBC One. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, and your sister's um, a singer-songwriter, you said. Yeah. So yeah, I have quite a musical family. My mom plays piano and she loves music and my dad um also the same and I have a my family is like mostly girls and I have about 100 cousins and um everybody has their own like I was when I was like 10 my cousins were taking me to gigs everywhere and that happened like throughout my childhood and that m music was always so cool to everybody mm. and everyone That's was playing something different and there was like family playlists and it was never, I always, like, I had, I listened to, like, the mainstream stuff, but also, like, the first, I used to listen to Buena Vista Social Club and um, and Arabic music and also, like, Italian music and, like, it's just a whole range of, of different different music, you know? I'm glad that you say that you listen to uh, lots of different things and that you think it's important to, like you say, know where your music comes from because um, I was just very interested, really, to to know what your response would be with, to the, the jazz question. Because yeah. 
obviously we like we met at Nigel mm. where it was very much like you said getting to know all of the jazz standards getting to know how every song worked what the chord progressions were you know the and and if you get really really into that and you get to know all of them you you kind of you really know that genre don't you you really know where the two seven five ones are coming and you know and I think that is great but I wonder, do you think that sometimes it can restrict you if you say you're not opening yourself up to so many different things because it can become really kind of rigid, hence why you see so many people specialising in that type of music. Um, yeah. Do you find that it can be a little bit of a, a kind of a whirlwind that you can get lost in and if you're not careful... Did you ever feel like that when you were specialising in it? Yeah, when I was at uni, I definitely felt like that. And I, um, because I was studying it so much, I didn't know how to make it my own. Just yes. because, like, if, even though it's jazz and you're supposed to improvise, you don't really know how. And it was only when I started, like, combining the things that I learned from jazz, like improvising and scatting, because that was what I learned how to do. When I started scatting over songs that I actually really loved listening to, like the Cuban music and um, the Spanish music and Neo Soul, that was when I was like, oh, that's why I learned how to do jazz, because then I, I, can, I can do that. Yeah. Um, uh, and then it kind of clicked. And once mm. you realise how important it is, and also I, I know quite a lot of classical music, so yeah, um, it's just, I don't know, it's... You sh I don't think anybody should ever... I mean, unless you really want to. But I yeah. don't think anybody should restrict themselves totally to one genre. And you shouldn't say, like, oh, I'm not doing that standard right and it's, it's wrong. Because it's not wrong. Yeah. It's just different to what it's been done for the last 70 years. Um, you just kind of have to explore all the different things that you create, you know? Yeah. Mm. And it's a really hard line to kind of tread, isn't it? To, to yeah. be as unique as you can and use your own voice and your own instrument, you know, mm. um, but also kind of know where it's coming from, like you said. So so jazz, it felt like jazz was the kind of foundation for your interest in other things, and that, that really helped you to cultivate those interests. What, what do you think really drew you to Cuban music? I have absolutely no <laughs> idea. I Ever since I was little, like, Gypsy Kings is what I listened to when I was, like, seven, and... I, and all these, so many Spanish artists and pe bands that incorporated like Spanish things into their music. Like there's a band called Cat Empire from Australia and they're like massive like jazz, Latin, soul kind of band. And um, I love their music and I don't know why. I have no idea why. I think my family also love it. Um, maybe I was latin in my last life i don't know <laughs> um, uh, but it's just it it's just um yeah it's definitely something that both me and all the boys like son, that's that's kind of what we loved also we loved the neo soul latin side of everything which is why our music doesn't really it's it's quite hard to it's not jazz it's not just jazz and some people have i've like submitted our music to things and been like this really isn't like yeah. standard jazz and I'm like yeah I know it's not but uh, mm. all of our origins were in jazz which is kind of why you call and we've got improvisation and we use jazz chords yeah. but it's not it's not jazz in the strictest sense I don't really like kind of like classifying it as one genre because if you classify yeah. it as one genre then like 
people can say if they don't like it or not. They can just be like, oh, it's it's jazz. I don't like jazz. Yeah. It's like, well, you don't mm. you don't know. You don't know what it is. It's a combination of everything that we've learned in our lives, and that's kind of what the music is. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah and there's such a sort of yeah. novelty element of jazz as well, especially when you tell people, like anyone, oh, yeah, I, I, I do jazz, and you're trying to say it to sort of simplify it because you don't want to sort of go into too much detail <laughs> to sound to sound too sort of complicated. But yeah. then when people think it's jazz, they're like, oh, like, jazz. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're yeah. like, no, nah. Yeah. <laughs> I know how you feel. Do you think you could ever see yourself doing any flamenco performances? I'm just I thinking because of the to. fusion of like Spanish, but also they've Whoa. got the Arabic kind of um, undertones and it's so raw and emotional. And then you've got the dancing in the background <laughs> and it's so intimate and everyone like, you're not allowed your phones in those concerts. <laughs> have either of you been to a flamenco dance? I guess like, yeah, I have. I, it's in, it's yeah. insane. I went to one in Madrid, right? Like two years ago. And I honestly my mind was blown like yeah. it was I think it was the oldest flamenco place in Madrid I went wow. to another one in Seville oh, wow. this place was I mean I would I, I can't recommend it enough when we can all travel if you want to Spain and you're gonna go to Madrid right and you're gonna go to this this place I can't remember the name but it's like Casa something I'll I'll like that'd be amazing I, I will tell you what it is when I when I can remember it but honestly the performance like there were uh, there were like two I think there were two musicians maybe three musicians on the stage with the dancers wow. and they it was the lines were kind of Arabic hmm. um but then you could hear like the, the all the fusions in there is exactly what you're talking about and nobody was allowed a phone no flash wow. no video in, I love no that. phones off you know yeah everyone was just like this yeah and it was just maybe that's going to be the rest of the 20s maybe, yeah. maybe. You know, I think I was watching um yes. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom and it's obviously like a sort of 20s yeah based in the 20s and it's like now and obviously yeah so it's like post-war and they just had a pandemic and I was like I now get why everyone was like so dressed up in the 20s so maybe yeah. like we're all going to be wearing suits and we're listening to like jazz because there's yeah there's so much jazz fusion coming out especially yeah. like in London but it's been bubbling away for a couple of years maybe we're just gonna have an explosion of like huge parties everyone dressed up to the oh, nines no amazing. phones because we've also all been at home on tiktok mm. for the last two years so it's gonna be like that's it parties that's it. Yeah, yeah parties oh dancing. how awesome would that, that would be amazing be? yeah that's I gonna wish. be the dream yeah everyone's just beaming right now on the oh. podcast Come yeah on. exactly like throw away so your amazing. iphones That'd be so good. Um, maybe, maybe that is the future. Of I think so. It's repeating itself. I think, yeah, oh, definitely. I also think that, um, uh, I mean, so my company is Native Instruments. We do a lot of like hardware and software music. Um, and it's been like a pretty good year. People have always been, people got a lot more downtime. So people mm. are like, oh, I want to learn how to play things. But I think when we can finally go out yeah. or the kind of, like consumer goods are going to disappear because it's going to be about experiences. People are wanting, yeah. People are going to want to go on holiday. People are going to go to nightclubs, yeah. venues, gigs, restaurants. I think like, kind of, I don't know, like that kind of culture. I hope so. Explode. Yeah. I think. I yeah, uh, definitely. I think do. so. Oh, it's made me really hopeful. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I think that your music would fit in so well with that as well because mm. I imagine you know those like really sort of intimate kind mm. of. 
ah, uh, there's a few of them that do sort of like almost bedroom gigs. Yeah. Or like, you know, like you're saying on a beach or something like that mm. where everyone's just kind of in the open air. Like, yeah. I can see you doing that so well. Oh, you'll have to get on that, Nadine. I know. It's It's interesting that you say about the flamenco because our next single, which is coming out in um, about a month, we haven't got (laughs) about a month, March, March, um, has got our very talented friend playing flamenco guitar on it. Ooh, an exclusive scoop. I know. Um, And... (laughs) Yeah, he's a. He's, we've got a guest musician featuring um, our friend called Adam Wallace. He's amazing, amazing flamenco guitarist, and he is playing on our song, which is um, oh, it's got that flamenco twist, which is going to be awesome. So um, excited to hear that. <laughs> mentioned that you're doing loads of songwriting at the moment and I wondered what does your songwriting sessions what, what do they look like how do you kind of write together as a as a band or as a duo obviously we can talk about pre-covid mm. or maybe you could all be together in a studio or you can talk about post-covid when it's obviously a bit more uh what's the word separate yeah so yeah, um just... so usually at the moment I mean this covid kind of life Lumai, um, me and Lumai, we uh, we used, we tend to write. We're, we're writing a lot of songs at the moment for the band, and our ideas. We have we've made like a little makeshift studio in one of the spare rooms in my house, um, and we just kind of jam for a little bit, and we start off with either like a mood or we just wrote a song where we just literally, we were being so silly. We were like, we just want to have fun. We're like, we'll just start with a drum beat. And then like singing some random like silly bass line. And then we're like, oh, hold on, that sounds, that sounds okay. And you just kind of carry on like that. And um, we, we, we make a point to record literally everything that we do. Oh, wow. In like a session. We never like delete anything because, and we've got, it's quite annoying when we've got like hundreds <laughs> of ideas, but they, they always end up being something and you have to work hard to like make an idea into something. Cause you could come up with four bars of like, it's amazing kind of hook and then be like, where do I go? And then, then it's mm. where the hard work comes and you have to, we're trying to, we, we, we listen to as much music as we can. And with every song that we write, we make like a playlist on Spotify of reference tracks where we got our ideas from and things that we've Ooh. got inspired by. And at the moment we're listening to a lot of D'Angelo. So we're, oh. we're writing songs with like hundreds of harmonies and, um, and stuff. And the boys are also writing. So what we do usually is we'll write a couple of songs and then we'll have, at the moment we, we have like a zoom, we'll have a zoom session with the boys and we'll share our screen and we'll all come up with ideas together. And pre-COVID, we would take our ideas to rehearsal. We'd just have maybe like, I don't know, a verse or maybe a chorus without any words. And usually I don't have any words. And the words come out like a week before we record. Like, I just need to put words for this chorus because I don't know what to do. Um, But yeah, and then we kind of just develop it as a band. And the best songs that we've created have been like during a rehearsal and be like, oh, we have to add that and do this but at the moment I find it much easier to write the music than I do the words because I'm not I find it really personally I find it quite difficult to write lyrics that sound meaningful I hate 
I hate writing songs that don't have a meaning. But mm. that doesn't mean that they have to all be so deep. I don't like the idea of each song being... I know it's kind of controversial, but obviously there are there are songs that are about, like, love and... and yeah, deep like emotions. Deep emotions. Yeah. But for every single song that you write to be like that, it's exhausting. Sometimes you need a mm. song that's just about, like, real life or just about a story about some random person that's not you because it's it's funner. It's It's like a detachment away from the deep, like putting my soul on a plate kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. The, I'm not sure. One of our songs that we've just written is called Dizzy. It's not out yet, but it's coming. It's going to come out soon, later this year. Um, and I just made up the words on the spot just to make them fit. Like we were recording. I was like, yeah, I like this melody, but I'm just making up these things. And it's yeah. about someone making somebody feel dizzy, but I don't feel dizzy. So it's just about like some random person. I don't know. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's that's a bit like that. So when you hear that song eventually, just know it's about a random person that I don't know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think I think that's great. I also think that like not everything has to be like so deep. We, yeah. Again, we were talking to Harrison and he was like, it's kind of like tattoos and people are like, what does your tattoo mean? And he's like, nothing. I just, yeah. like, I just liked, I liked it. Yeah. Thought it would be cool. Wanted it in my arm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if not, because I imagine it just gets a bit, um, like you said, yeah, like exhausting. So exhausting. Keep giving away so much of yourself. And then it's like, what have you got left? Exactly. There are only <laughs> there are only so many like deep, deep topics that you can like delve into. And obviously it's really important to do that. But, um, and it's really, it's really cathartic when you do. But I don't like the idea of everything being like, so deep I like the idea of telling stories like the old-fashioned mm. way of writing music when they used to write ballads and and um like folk songs that are just about like a tree but growing very narrative like somebody goes to the shop and they fall yeah. over a puddle and yeah that kind of thing exactly like light-hearted just keeping it keeping it like light-hearted like a breath of fresh air in the midst of like all the deep deepness mm. that music brings <laughs> Yes. I was also thinking about Adele because you know like Adele always comes up with like 19, 21, yeah. 25 and they're always about like breakups and stuff and everyone's like well, what's going to happen when she's happily married? Yeah. <laughs> and like everything's fine. It's like you've got nothing left. I know you can still create amazing music without it being like some heartbreak that like has broken your mind yeah. and stuff. <laughs> you know? Exactly. And I think most people would say it's more difficult to write a quote unquote happy song. One that's like it maybe perhaps in a in a major key, something that's uplifting because people are so scared about it being cheesy. Yeah. 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 I always end up putting like the words dream and like skies and stuff when I'm writing something about happy and, and the boys are like, ah, it sounds a bit like a nursery rhyme. Um <laughs> so I have to like I have to like tone it down. Yeah. Um and my sister's an amazing lyricist, so I'm just like, Hello, can you help? Me? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah definitely um it's it's weird Mo- like I'm trying to think of like what all of our songs mean now and the first bossa nova song is all about how we love Portugal and we didn't want to leave so we were just Aww. writing a song about that um and freedom our single our first single was about um where I'm from in Palestine and and um and that was deeper even though it's a very yeah. happy, it's a very happy song, but it, the lyrics would mean deeper things. Um, and 
I can't even think about the others. Um, <laughs> oh, Heat Wave. That's an example of one that didn't, I didn't, I didn't write the lyrics, Luma did, but um, there was not really a deeper meaning behind that one. It was more fun. It was fun, funky, funkiness. Um, but yeah. Again, I think there'll be a trend towards like uplifting songs that are like, yeah. I, don't, I think people will stop seeing the cheese and just be like, do you know what? We just want to smile and have yeah. fun. And we don't want to think about like our boyfriend that broke up with us. Yeah. We want to think about like good times with good yeah. people dancing. Just want to dance. I just want to dance. Yeah. But Every, it's, it's cathartic, isn't it? Yeah. We want to have catharsis after this is all over. So, But Definitely. I think like Hattie, with what you're saying, I think it's so true. But even like relating back to the sort of the whole conversation that we've had about having things that are in the moment maybe that's mm. what it will be like yeah. something that's authentic and in the moment you know that is perhaps like Hattie was saying just more uplifting because mm. arguably we already have it with like TikTok which you've all also spoken about <laughs> yeah. TikTok songs that we have a lot of them are like things that we can dance to they're designed yeah. to dance to them so they are uplifting mm. in their own way but I guess they're so premeditated and thought out that they yeah. don't have that in the moment feel so mm. that's something that perhaps only live music can offer so yeah. you know I think you've got yeah. some work to do lady <laughs> once yeah. we're out of this we're all gonna need oh, I you. hope so Definitely. I hope so I'm gonna try and play as many gigs <laughs> so I'm so excited I think it's one of the things that I'm like most looking forward to it's like same seeing live music I'm yeah. never ever gonna turn down a, that like an invite ever again same <laughs> never ever saying no never yeah I'm never gonna be tired I'm never gonna wash my hair nope that's yeah. it <laughs> that's it <laughs> hey I was gonna say what does your band name mean or where did it come from I was waiting for this question <laughs> okay <laughs> so again <laughs> get to the like silliness of who I am um so when we came up with the band I was um when we were like forming the band I was just like what do we name it and I wanted something unique and um not like our names um and I wanted something that just like was easy to say and something that was like catchy and was also meaningful to me but I couldn't really come up with anything so I was like thinking of literally literally just thinking of like words that sounded nice and I was just nice. like I was I was in Palestine with my family my sisters and I was just like uh I was like flyer kaya Chnaya, naya and then I was like oh that sounds cool and then I sent a voice note to the boys like what about naya and they're like oh yeah it's nice um so we kind of were like okay <laughs> That's that's our name. Um, and then we looked up what it meant. And it was, it's like to flow in Hawaiian. So it kind Ooh. of, it's quite nice. Nice, a nice meaning without uh, knowing that it was a nice meaning. And it also kind of sounds like a combination of me and Lumai's names, which is That's also, what I wondered. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, like, like the Nadine. <laughs> yeah, total accident. Didn't mean that. But it just kind of like became that. Um, but yeah, that's the story of our name. I wish it was something um, a little bit more interesting no. but uh really yeah, it's just unique, it's unique. Yeah. yeah i can I just really imagine like you it. on the beach be like maya, maya, yeah. maya. <laughs> Lula, i think we've all been there as well slightly <laughs> with band names like yeah thai yeah. why yeah. <laughs> what do you think is the biggest learning curve that you've experienced as a band or working together you probably you've probably been in groups before. Obviously, like Nigel is also quite like collaborative based, but it's yeah. like it's your own band, your own baby. 
Yeah. What, what have you... Learning... I don't know. Um, I guess it would be learning... Not that we have a problem with this, but I'm thinking more like in like the songwriting terms and like performance and recording, making like room for every person in the band to shine and like not just shine as in like giving them a solo or giving them like giving each band member the space to like like make it their own and bring themselves to the band um that's kind of that's it's not been a learning curve like we've been quite we've been quite like rigid with it we stick with that because that's don't we don't like write music and give out sheet music and say <laughs> no. play this um because <laughs> uh, that's not that's not like authentic at all um but yeah, that's definitely really important when you play, especially in like an originals kind of thing where you want everybody to be themselves and to have fun and feel like they love what they're doing. And I feel like the only way that you can do that is if you're being yourself. Yeah. It's very egalitarian, which I think is like a thread throughout it, quite like egalitarian. And our final question is, who do you have on repeat at the moment? Hmm, who do I have on repeat at the moment? Oh, I know. Um... If you've ever heard of a singer, she is, she's from Cape Verde, but she lives in Lisbon. She's called Meira Andrade. Um, she is amazing. She's done like, um, she's like, she's quite famous in like the Latin, Latin world and also kind of like jazz fusion-y. Um, she's got an amazing song called Manga. Uh she just, it's her music is, I literally play it when my kids aren't in the classroom. I'm like, I need to feel happy. So I'm going to, I'm going to play this music. Um, so yeah, that's, that's definitely who's on my repeat at the moment. Um, Nadine, thank you for being such a dreamy, calm, pleasure of a ah. guest to speak to. Oh, you it's can... been lovely. Yeah. Yeah, you've been amazing. Thank you guys so much for having me. It's been so nice to just it's talk been about lush. music. It's been and... such a lovely like midday treat, I think. You guys have given me a lot of hope for their future. I feel like I feel like I'm gonna walk out of this like, oh yeah, life is getting better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. See you next See week. You next lovely week. to have you. Thanks, Bye. See you next week. <laughs> oh wait, no, I'm not going next week. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, just bye. <laughs>we wouldn't actually mind having her for another week <laughs> for next week um, anytime Nadine anytime. please come back what a lovely note to end on exactly what we need right now a bit of hope for the future the roaring 20s roll on thank you everyone take care see you next week <laughs> <laughs>